stand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. When darkness fell his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds it in the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, all of the ground is sinking sand. It, oh, his covenant, let his blood support me in the whelming flood, when all around my soul gives way. He then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found. In his righteous let alone faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, all of the ground is sinking Scripture reading will be read from the book of John, John chapter 16, verses 28 through 33. That's John chapter 16, verses 28 through 33. And it reads as follows. I came foul from the Father, and am come into this world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speak it thou plainly, and speak it no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee? But this we believe, that thou camest from the God. Jesus answered them, do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. May God continue blessing the reader, the hearers, and the doers of his word. Let us bow and go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven, Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth, 
thanksgiving in our heart. Thanking you for so many blessings. You have blessed us, Lord. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our health and our strength and clothing our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for bringing us out of darkness and placing us into your marvelous light. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the prayers that you have answered in the past, and we just pray, Heavenly Father, that you will continue answering in the future. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for blessing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, and financial means. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and was buried, and rose again on the third day, according to the Scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church, that we are member of. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's traveling. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones working on the front line. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you continue watching over them and keeping them safe from any hurt, harm, or danger to them. We also pray for the bereaved families all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen those families in a way, Heavenly Father, that only you can do. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for our country, the nations. We just pray, Heavenly Father, that peace will prevail. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the peoples over there in the walls and losing loved ones. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue watching and keeping them safe. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done here on earth as it is done in heaven. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's walking in darkness. We pray, Heavenly Father, they will see the light and come to the light before it's everlasting too late. We also pray for our delinquent members. We pray, Heavenly Father, they will come back and repent before it's everlasting too late. We say a special prayer for the young generation. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll continue looking toward you from where their help come from. And Heavenly Father, we pray that we'll continue loving each other more and more each day. And we pray, Heavenly Father, we'll be a better Christian today than we were yesterday. And Heavenly Father, we say a special prayer for each and every member here and their friends and family here at Inglewood Church of Christ. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing us with the things you know we stand in need of according to your will. And we pray a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper. He come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen to what we'll listen toward eternity because these will be eternal matters he will be delivering unto us. And not only hearers and listeners of your word, Heavenly Father, but also doers of your word. Those things we learn, we'll be able to go and teach and tell others what they must do to be saved. 
we pray, Heavenly Father, that this witness service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey, said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to place your markers at pages 902 for the Song of Invitation. Pages 902 for the Song of Invitation. In our next song selection, let us know pages 19 in our sacred selection song books. Not made with hands. Pages 19, sacred selection song books. <coughs> Fine, let us sing together. Christ went a building to prepare, not made with hands, and till be decked with jewels, well, not made with hands. I know, I know, I have another building. I know, I know, it's not made. With hands, put on your armor of your God, not made with hands, and take the path the captains trod, not made with hands. I know, I know, I have another building, I know, I know, it's not made. Not made with hands until you hear the trumpet blow. Not made, not made with hands. I know, I know I have another building. I know, I know it's not made with hands. Then come up. Children, get your crown, not made with hands. When you have laid your burdens down, not made, not made with hands. I know, I know, I have another building. I know, I know, it's not made with hands. I Beautiful, 
beautiful robe, so white, beautiful land of light, beautiful home, so bright, where there shall come no night, beautiful crown I wear, shining and bright, oh, there, yonder in mansion fair, gather us there, beautiful robe, beautiful land, beautiful home, beautiful band, beautiful crown, shining, shining, shining so fair, Beautiful mansion, bright, gather us there, yes, gather us there. Beautiful thought to me, we shall forever be thine in eternity. When from this world we're free, free from it, tall and care. Heavenly joy to share, let me cross over there. This is my prayer, beautiful road, beautiful land, beautiful home, beautiful band, beautiful So shining, so shining, so fair, beautiful man, John Bright, gather us there, yes, gather us there, beautiful thing on high, over in yonder sky, thus I shall leave this shore, counting my treasures, oh, where we shall never die, carry me by and by, never to sorrow more, heavenly soul, beautiful road, beautiful land, beautiful Beautiful band, beautiful crown, shining, so, shining, so shining, so fair, beautiful man, shine bright, gather us there, yes, gather us there, beautiful thing on high, over in yonder sky. Thus I shall leave this shore, counting my treasures, oh, where we shall never die. Carry me by and by, never to sorrow more.
for leading us in those songs of praise before the throne of God. It is certainly always a blessing to be able to assemble ourselves together uh, that we may lift up our voices together. That's what Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 help us to understand, uh, that we lift up our voices and praises unto God. We make melody in our heart unto the Lord. And certainly we are so thankful that we're able to do this each and every Lord's Day. There are places in the world uh, that don't allow such freedoms. Uh, where we can come together and uh, they can come together and worship God in spirit and in truth. Uh, and so we ought to be thankful uh, that we can, in a very uh, public way, be able to assemble in a place uh, such as this and to uh, worship God in spirit uh, and in truth. Uh, I say that, but I say that with a message uh, within it. Uh, even if we had not this place, uh, where two or three are gathered together in the name of God, uh, he is there in the midst of them. And so what I share to you is that there may come a time, as the Bible says in John chapter 16, where uh, individuals did not, uh, if you will, uh, accept the word of God readily. As a matter of fact, they're very uh, adversarial toward the word of God. And uh, they persecuted the Christians, uh, specifically the disciples and uh, as they did in the days of the prophets, and they killed them, martyred them, uh, to keep the word of God from being, uh, being spoken. But where the people gathered together, uh, whether it was on the side of the shore of the river or in, a, uh, in, the, in the forest in a, in, a, in a quiet space, they were able to continue uh, to worship God and to worship him uh, in spirit and in truth. And I think that uh, that gives us uh, courage to know uh, that, uh, that no matter what happens in this world, no matter what challenges may come, no matter what the deceiver, the devil, uh, may cause the world to do, and that they will follow after the things that are contrary to God's word, Christians can find a place to worship, and come together and serve God, uh, and God sees them. And so we are certainly encouraged uh, as we sing that song about being gathered there. We know that uh, one day, if we're faithful unto death, surely God will gather us all together in that place, and that place is called heaven's glory. It's good to be here this morning. Amen. Amen. I, I, I look forward to the Lord's Day, the day of worship. Uh, it is uh, uh, the time where we come together and uh, collectively uh, come before God, and, and, uh, and we, we, we stretch out our hands, if you will, in the figurative sense with our palms up and ready to receive that which God has uh, prepared to give us. 
uh, though our hearts may have been uh, in a meditative state throughout the entire week, right, from Monday through Saturday, we have our private and individual prayers. It is on the Lord's Day uh, where we come together collectively as members of the body of Christ to be able uh, to, to in, a, in a congregational sense, uh, come before God and to, uh, and to worship him together. And God certainly commands us to do that on the first day of the week, to gather ourselves together uh, to worship God, to worship him in spirit and in truth. As I call your attention to John chapter 16, we are back now in our text, and we have certainly uh, had an opportunity to, uh, to venture into many uh, things, certainly many discussions concerning uh, the, the, the peace and safety uh, that, uh, uh, that we began with in this, ser- in this particular series of sermons, uh, and we will close out, uh, if you will, uh, once again uh, at the foot of the cross as, as we uh, look at the significance of the, uh, of, the, of the peace that God desires for us to have, knowing uh, that uh, all of this is wrapped up uh, into the, the, the return of humanity uh, back to God as it was in, when it uh, began in the beginning uh, with Adam and Eve. And so just as a, a quick, if you will, uh, 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 overview of what we have covered in a very uh, uh, succinct way, uh, we, 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 we made the connection now, and we were closing out on these series of sermons, and God bless us, we'll open up another theme, but we, 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 we were talking about the ark, right? We were talking about the, 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 the tabernacle. We were speaking about the temple, and then we went into the, uh, the discussion about the church and the covenant. And so we, we bifurcated those five areas between that which was carnal and uh, that which was based on the, uh, the flesh, which was uh, the ark, the covenant, uh, not the covenant, but the ark, the, the tabernacle, and, and the temple. We know that these things were uh, examples of that which was to come. Even the ark itself was, a, was a, the, the, uh, the manifestation uh, in a material sense of the, of the church, uh, the tabernacle, certainly, uh, as uh, it was a tent being carried about uh, by the children uh, uh, of God from place to place. Uh, there was the inner court, the outer court, and the holies of holies, and we uh, recognize that in that holies of holies, we uh, have already made it very clear that that is where God dwelt. God dwelt with them uh, in that uh, particular space and place. The temple became a singular place. It became, if you will, uh, a stationary. Uh, it was in, the, in Jerusalem, and so therefore, uh, that was the place where everybody went. God placed his name, and, and so they would be, uh, if you will, commanded the, the, uh, the uh, uh, men, if, that, if you will, were commanded to go and to worship God uh, at that place. Uh, with that being said, we, we now recognize that all that stuff was material. It was on the fleshly side. It was, it was God preparing us for something much greater uh, and, 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 and a more of a blessing, which is now the spiritual place. And we recognize that because in John chapter 4, we recognize when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, he said, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall men worship God. And so he said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, for God seeketh such to worship him. And so we recognize now uh, that the church is a spiritual body. Uh, It's not a structure. It's not the ark, if you will, certainly not the tabernacle or the temple. These things were foreshadowing. They were examples of that which was to come in the spiritual sense. And so now we're able to uh, uh, separate those physical structures from the spiritual structure. But there is something 
uh, that we've been uh, working on and, 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 and uh, unpacking throughout all of this. Uh, and that is the spiritual uh, uh, line that is interwoven uh, through all of them. And that is back in the beginning. Because what you find in the beginning is something that uh, we sometimes overlook because of the, the issue that happened with uh, Satan when he went to Eve and caused her to uh, fall as she ate of the tree of knowledge. And the tree of knowledge was that of good and evil. And sometimes when we read that, we, we seem somehow to uh, lose that as we go through the reading of the 66 books. We, we, we lose, if you will, the, the significance of what is transpiring throughout all of those books in, their, in the various stories uh, that come to us through the Bible. Uh, but, 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 but we have to make sure that we remain tethered to the, to, the, to the tree of knowledge of good and evil because it is the tree of knowledge uh, uh, of good and evil which lends us to the understanding of the significance of faith, belief, trust in God. And so all of these things now begin to, uh, if you will, be unpacked through the various stories uh, that have the, 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 the ark and the tabernacle and the temple, uh, if you will, and the church eventually with the spiritual side uh, 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 bringing out this understanding, and eventually, as we are where we are, as we as we have arrived to where we are now, even at the foot of the cross, it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, because the Bible says that we must all, in Second Corinthians five and ten, stand before the judgment bar of God, and we have to give an account of the things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be bad, or whether it be good or whether it be evil. And even if you can, if you go back to uh, uh, Isaiah. Uh, uh, you'll find where Isaiah and, and even uh, in some senses in Jeremiah, you'll find where the, the idea of good and bad was life and death. And so he, he points that out, if you will, as we, as we look at uh, the, the John chapter 5 and verse number 29 is where we were on last Lord's Day. Because in John chapter 5 and verse number 29, John brings it out very clearly when he talks about the issue of the resurrection. Because when you stand at the foot of the cross, remember, this is about the resurrection. Amen. Uh, no one's going to be uh, uh, standing before the judgment bar of God uh, just to be standing there. There's a, there, 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 there is, there is a, uh, an event that is going to take place. And if you look at John chapter 5 and verse number 29 as what we, uh, something that we read on last Lord's Day. Uh, and the Bible says, and, and, and shall come forth, if you will, I'll, uh, verse number 28 for connection. Marvel not at this, for the hour cometh is coming. The hour is coming, uh, which means very clearly that the hour has not come, but it is coming. Amen. It is in the future tense. The hour is coming, uh, in the which, the, uh, which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth they that have, what, done good unto what? The resurrection of life. And so now you have the connection that brings forth the, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. You bring forth the, the, the commandment that God, if you will, or the, 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 the directive that God put before the children of Israel. And he says, behold, this day I've laid before you uh, a good and evil, a, a, a good and bad. And he says, choose good. He gives us that quick answer to that quiz test, if you will. He says, choose good. He tells us what it is that we need to be focused on throughout all of our life's journey, throughout humanity's, humanity's life journey, is to focus on how do we do good so that we can one day be what? Be saved, to enter into heaven's glory. 
And he says that to them. He says, I've laid before you this day, good and evil, choose good. And then at the judgment bar, Jesus says, if you will, that we're going to be, we're going to be uh, judged by whether or not we've done good and evil. Or, uh, uh, and that good and evil leads to life and death. And that life and death is about the resurrection. It's about whether or not we're resurrected unto life or resurrected unto everlasting damnation. But either way, that soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. And so God has given us, if you will, an opportunity through the study of his word and by being members of the body of Christ, the church of Christ, the opportunity to go home to heaven's glory. How do you know that? Because the Bible says in Revelations 2 and 10, be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life that fadeth not away. That crown of life is about the life that we've lived, if you will, doing that which is good and acceptable unto God. And so now God gives us a crown of righteousness. He gives us that crown of life, amen, that fadeth not away. In other words, as you remember the psalm and the proverb when he said, blessed is the man, if you will, uh, Psalm chapter 1, the first division of psalm, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and therein does he meditate day and night. He shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinner in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. And so in the first song, David helps us understand that the way of the righteous are those that are doing what? Doing good. That those who are seeking life, not life on here, but life eternal. And those who are not are those who are doing evil. As he identifies them as the unrighteous. And he says that they are going to be cast into the everlasting damnation. And, and so we, we, we have these ideas in our minds, but, but, but they have been disconnected because of all of the stories. But let me tell you something. What's interwoven through all of this is the two concepts that we have to remember as Christians. I need to strive either to choose to live a life of doing that which is good or living a life to that which is evil. But all the rest of the stuff are just wonderful stories to help increase our faith. Oh, amen. And, and if the world can break this down into the simple two concepts, right? Because when I come before God, when I come before God and, and I stand before that judgment bar of God, as, 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 as uh, Jesus has told us and Paul has written in the Corinthian text, when I stand before God, amen, I'm not going to have to remember all the things that I have done and every I and dot and every T that crossed and, and everything that I've done, every event that, I have occur, uh, that have occurred in my life. What I need to be able to do is stand before God and God has already judged me according to the things Things that I have done good and based uh, 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 compared to those things that I have done which are wicked. When I stand before God, he says you're going to give an account. And the account is about a reckoning, right? It's a reckoning. It's a reconciling, right? And he says you're going to give an account of those things. When you give an account of those things, God says you're going to stand before me. And, 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 and in, the, in the figurative sense, you're standing before God, and God says you're going to give an account. In other words, when you get ready to give that account, don't think that you're going to have to open up your book and start trying to figure out all the things that you did. Right? God already knows what you did. Right? And he 
knows what you didn't do. Amen. Yeah, so don't, don't think that that is the idea that you, when you stand before God, now it's time to pay the piper. Well, that's what he's talking about. Amen. It's time to pay the piper. Amen. Because, because if you've chosen to do a life of good, and the wonderful thing about this, and I'll get back to Job in the hedge. I know y'all hear me where I'm going. I was there last Sunday. We'll come back and we'll, we'll close it out. But, but when, when you're doing the things that are good, it doesn't mean that you won't suffer. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And, and you've got to get that. Because let me tell you something. When you're doing that which is good, it doesn't mean that you won't suffer things. And, and, and when you're suffering those things, in our human mind, we may be thinking, oh, I'm suffering these things because I might be doing something that's bad. Just because bad things are happening to you don't make you a bad person. You follow what I'm saying? You've got to separate the event from who you are. Amen. The, 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 the devil was trying to do evil to everybody. That didn't mean that people were bad in and of themselves. But the external stimulus, the external things of the world. Remember, for, remember First uh, 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 John chapter five. When, 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 when uh, I'm sorry, correct. First John chapter two. When John says, if you will, to us in the in the in the epistles, he says to us, "Love not the world." He already identifies what the problem is. He says, "Love not the world." Neither the things that are in the world. For all that's in the world is the lust of the eye and the pride of life. Well, who put those things in the world? The devil put those things in the world. And those things are the things that are more enticing and alluring. Amen. Uh, to us. And so when we don't have the foundation, the foundation of what? The foundation of the covenant. The foundation of God's word. And we don't have it built up in our lives. It, 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 the, 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 uh, the illusions that the devil, if you will, places before us uh, can easy, easily overcome us if we don't have a, a foundation of God's word and have his word as a, as, a, as a suit of armor around our soul, around our spirit. We are ably, uh, easily influenced by what the devil does. Back to the Garden of Eden. Right? Because Eve had God's word. Lord have mercy. Adam had God's word. They don't say they don't because the devil asked them. Amen. Did not God say, and, they, and an answer was given. Yes, God said we could eat of every tree that's in the garden except for that one which is in the midst of the garden. So God's word was understood. But guess what? Choice was still there. Free will is still there. Man can choose to do good or to do evil. And the difference between the one of doing one or the other is based on how that which is evil can influence the good. So what happens? Eve looks upon the fruit and she sees it. Now don't say that she hasn't seen that tree for as many days as God has allowed them to walk in that garden. That's been the same tree bearing the same fruit. It wasn't until the devil came up and said something. God knows that as soon as you eat of the tree that you'll be just like him. Which was actually an illusion. Right? If we bring down the essence of God, God is immortal. Everlasting. From everlasting. Amen. He would live forever. Is that not right? I know we use these long words, omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent, and it throws everybody off because nobody cares about what it means. God's all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-existing. 
The devil comes and says to Eve, as soon as you eat of this, eat of this uh, 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 tree of, uh, of knowledge, that God's going to, God knows that you'll be just like him, and, and that's why he doesn't want you to have it. Now, notice something here. Eve already had everlasting life because they had access to what? The tree of life. And they could eat of that tree and they would live forever. Amen. Right? And they would live forever with who? With God. Lord have mercy. And God did what? Provided all of their needs. Come on now. They had everything. Everything that they needed, right? And God had provided it for them. And they had it all. But the devil comes along and says, well, you don't have it all because God knows you're going to be just like him. Well, were they not, in a very real sense, just like the Lord already? They had everything, everlasting life, immortality. Amen. That special bond and love and relationship of God and his creation, they had it all together. But the devil comes in and says, no, because if you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, there's no indication that God would have not eventually allowed them to eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. But that's on God's time. It wasn't on the devil's time. But yet they ate of it. And when they ate of the tree, they weren't ready for the knowledge that they came into. And when they came into that knowledge, look what happens. The devil has now done something that, that is, that is, that is uh, directly relevant to the, idea of, the uh, idea of faith and trust in the word of God. When the devil gets us to do that which is against God's word, then he has you. He has you. Because now he knows that you're willing to disobey God. And so we've been in this, 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 this perpetual, uh, if you will, cycle of, 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 of individuals coming into the world and the world's influences, influencing those individual souls, those spirits. And they have been, if you will, uh, uh, the lust of it and the pride of life of it has, has, has caused them to follow after the things of the world and not after Christ. And so what does the word of God do? What is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church and the word of God It's always been the same focus. It's to bring people back to him. And if you and if you understand that connection, notice something here. When you're looking at the world versus the church, look what God says. God calls the church the ecclesia. When you look at Matthew 16, he calls it the ecclesia. And when you look at the ecclesia, he says the ecclesia in the Greek, it means the called out one. And when you look at the idea of being the called out ones, called out of what? You're called out of the world. And so God, if you will, uses the church and he says to them, through the foundation of the church, come out of the world and come into the church. Be reconciled unto God. And that is the purpose of the church. When you look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, he says we are the, we have the ministry of reconciliation to bring people out of the world into the church. Why? Because all that is in the world is the lust of the eye and pride of life, which is where the devil has placed all of his influences. And if you stay in the world, you miss, you miss the opportunity to be with the Lord. Because remember when Jesus comes back, He's not coming back to save the world. The Bible says he's coming back to save the church. Amen. 
He's saving the church. And, 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 so, and so when you see him, if you will, when he's talking about saving the church, remember what 1 Peter says, 1 Peter 4, when he says, look, uh, uh, that, that, that uh, uh, judgment begins first at the house of God. And if it first begins with us, then where shall the ungodly or the unrighteous appear? And so what he says is, he's come back to save the church, Ephesians 5. Present unto himself a glorious church without having spot, wrinkle, or blemish or any such thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 24. He's going to present unto himself the kingdom. And that kingdom will be delivered up unto the Father. And so what we find is, is that they're, 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 they're in Matthew chapter 13, he talks about, if you will, that, 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 this, that there's the kingdom, there's the, there's the basilea that is going to be presented unto God. And it's the church. It is all of those who are and who have given themselves over to the church and have obeyed the covenant. All of these things are spiritual. It's the spiritual side of our discussion. The church and the covenant. And this is what God says. God says, look, and, and look, and if, you, and, and if it is that you are one that is in that position to be saved, it won't be by happenstance. Like the world tries to communicate. Oh, everybody's going to be saved. No, everybody's not going to be saved. That is not the purpose and the intent of God. Amen. God's intent and purpose is to save the church. And the intent of that is that, 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 that those who are in the church have done what? They've decided differently than what Eve did. They decided not to listen to the devil, but to listen to God. Are y'all with me? All right. Now, 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 now. Let's get to the to where I was last Lord's Day, and then we'll get into our lesson this morning. Last Lord's Day, I started talking about Job. And some of you thought I was going to go there and start talking about all the suffering of Job and everything that Job went through and all that. And, 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 and those are wonderful stories. There's, there's nothing to be taken away from that. But there's a bigger conversation going on with Job. And this is where the devil wants to confuse a lot of people. And that's why you have all these different religions out here that, that keep us away, that keep people away from the church. Amen. That's why mysticism is out here. All of these different things, all these different belief systems are out here to do what? To overshadow and to confuse us and to hide something called the church. Oh, amen. The devil knows he needs to hide the church. Lord have mercy. You remember the story of the man who went in, who was walking in a field and he fought, he found something precious. And the Bible says that he went and he sold all that he had to buy the field. Not because he wanted the field, but he wanted that which was in the field. Amen. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Y'all missed it. Amen. He went and sold everything he had to buy the field. Because what was in the field was what he wanted. Amen. Right? Let me share something with you about everlasting life. Let me share something with you about a crown of life, right? The availability of the crown of life is in the world. But in order to acquire that which you want or which you say you desire, you've got to give up all the other stuff. Amen. Are you hearing me? You've got to give up all the other stuff to get that which you desire, which is everlasting life. The challenge and the struggle is, is that the devil has made all the other things in the world so appealing that we don't want to give it up Amen. to get that which we really need. Amen. 
and many have signed off on those contracts of, uh, that the devil has put forward. And, 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 and by doing that, he has, been, he has masterfully been able to, to, to hide the church from us. Why? Because look at Job. Job's story is not just about the suffering. And it's not even about him getting everything back that he lost. Remember when you see Job, the devil comes to Job, or sees Job, but he can't do anything. He can't touch Job. Oh, Lord, have mercy. If the devil could have touched Job without God, he would have. Because when he goes to Job, remember the story. He goes to God, to the devil, when the sons of God gather together and they come before God, and the devil comes among them. And God sees the devil and he says unto them, Wherefore cometh thou from walking to and forth in, in the earth? And God comes back and says, Have thou considered my servant Job? Right? The devil never mentioned Job. Because you don't have to mention Job. He doesn't have to mention Job. Why? Because God is omnipresent. Because God is omniscient. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Because God is omnipotent. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present all the time at the same time. That's why we can't hide anything from the Lord. The devil couldn't hide anything from the Lord. What do you think you're going to do? God knows what is happening in the lives of men. Right? And so the Job comes before God and he says it to him. He says, and look what he says. He says this immediately. It's not a long conversation because God knows what the problem is and what, the, what, 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 what is really, if you will, irritating the devil. And let me tell you something. What irritated the devil then can irritate the devil now if you understood the power. Oh, Lord, have mercy. If you understood the power. Right? Because we think just preaching the word of God, preaching the covenant of God, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's just about somebody exercising their lips and, and sweating out a suit. But that's not what it is about. It's getting you to understand the power that God has placed in the world for every human being who desires it to acquire it. Lord have mercy. So that they may be able to do what? To withstand. To withstand who? The wiles of the devil. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Are y'all hearing me? The covenant is just not because it's in 66 books and we can quote scripture. That's not what this is about. It's about the power of God. When Paul says in Romans 1 and 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's the covenant of God. For it is the power of God. Notice what he says. For it is the power of God unto salvation. In other words, without the gospel, without the covenant, there is no relationship with God. Because you don't have what's necessary to resist the devil. Right? But Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto what? Unto salvation. In other words, if I can acquire the power of God, that is where? In the world. The question is, what am I willing to give up to have? Am I willing to give up all the things in the world in order to have what God has prepared for me? Which is the power of God. In the word of God. Lord have mercy. Right? What does Paul tell Timothy? Study. To show thyself approved unto God. 
A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing, handling the right, rightly setting forth. The word of truth. Right? In John chapter 16, Jesus says that the spirit of truth won't come unless he leaves. The comforter will come. And in verse 13 in John 16, he said he will guide the apostles into all truth. John 17 and 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. When you have the covenant of God, you have the truth of God's word. And when you have the truth of God's word, you are now venturing into putting on that whole armor of God. For what purpose? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In order to resist that which is spiritually wicked, you need that which is spiritually good. You can't resist the devil without having that which is strong than the devil. To resist. Are y'all with me? Now Jesus shows us what it is. Now putting these stories together for you because we're, we're, we're almost done with this theme and I'm trying to, I'm bringing these stories together so you understand it. Remember when Jesus and the devil inter, in, engages. Remember, this is, this, is, this is one of the few times that you'll see the devil and Jesus face to face. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. They're not battling with swords and armory of material nature. What are they fighting with? Did you notice the comment? Look what's happening here. Lord have mercy. Okay. Jesus and the, de the devil are in a discussion. And the devil is using what? The enticing things of the word. Lord have mercy. The same thing that he's using with us. Lord have mercy. Is that not right? The Bible says that the devil took him to the top of the pinnacle. I'm not going to go through the whole story. Read it when you get time. But what did he say? He said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. As in. says he's 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 saying to Jesus even to the extent where he says he says look he says all you have to do is you just bow down and worship me and Jesus says uh, it is God whom we worship you follow what I'm saying so he comes back and he tells the devil I'm not bowing down and worshiping you because you think you can show me all the precious things of the world he says no we worship God, right? And, and, and remember, and then he deals with the issue, and, and, and uh, 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 well, not in this sequence, but, but he also deals with the issue about food, right? And he says to the devil, because, you know, if, 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 I, can, if I can feed him, and then, and then, 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 then uh, by feeding him, if he takes part of this, and, and, and he does this, then, then I know then that I can control him. And so he says, if thou be the son of God, what is he places in his place before him? So what does the devil do? He emphasizes the fact that you don't believe that you cannot be saved. And what does he do? Because all the craziness that's going on in the world, the first thing that comes up in your mind is, how in the world can there be a God with all this mess going on in the world? Just because mess is going on in the world, don't blame God for the decisions that man has made. But if the devil can put doubt in your mind, then what does he have? 
is God, right? And so he places that, and so he places that same thing before uh, Jesus. If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. In other words, make everything all right. And Jesus says, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded what out of the mouth of God." What are they battling with? The devil can only battle with what is in his power. And what is in his power? The things that will call forth lust of the eye and pride of life. Those things that are in the world. Riches and wealth, material things, food, whatever, right? Those things that are of the body. Those things that the flesh needs. But he can do, he can do anything with the spirit. Because he didn't have that which can feed the spirit. But he did have that which can feed the flesh. And the illusion is, is that he's using this as a wedge to put against Jesus and the Father. But Jesus comes back with understanding and knowledge about what? That which is spiritual. For the weapon of our warfare is not carnal, but it's mighty through God. It's spiritual weaponry. It is that whole armor of God that we talked about. Now, why is this important? Come back to Job. So the devil comes before God. And he says to God, he says, the reason why Job is serving you is because you have a hedge around him. Those are the words. But did you understand what the devil just said? The reason why Job is serving you is because you have a hedge around Now, just looking at that, take a step back and say to yourself, what you have been told about the devil. Many of us have been told in, in, in our life growing up in various belief systems and all of this, we've been told that the devil is somehow equal with God. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then somebody, somebody missed Job. Because if it is the case that the devil is equal with God, why is the devil complaining about the hedge? Why did he just remove it? The reason why he can't remove it is because the devil is not equal with God. The devil has limitations. And they're limited by the power of God. Lord have mercy. When you are in the body of Christ, when you have been blessed to be able to hear the power of the gospel and you have obeyed it, you here because he knows that you are now within God's hedge. Lord have mercy. You have now acquired that which is more powerful than Satan. That's why he hides from Job. That's why he hides it. He hides it through mysticism. He hides it through religions that are not based on God's word because he knows that even though those ideas of religion, they give you the artificial senses, the artificial sense of safety and peace, he knows that they can't give you the actual peace and safety that you need because they can't give you salvation. But he puts it out there and people who are not striving to really know God's word and really want to be part of the church, they'll eat from these artificial things and think that they're all right and the devil is putting that out there and he's hiding the church. He's hiding the church. And so he comes before God and he says, 
you have his hedge around you. And so since you have his hedge around you, that's why he's serving you. Well, let me tell you something. Lord, keep your hedge around me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Keep your hedge around me, Lord. to get back at you. How do you know this? The prodigal son, Lord have mercy. You see how all these stories come together? The prodigal son says that he was all right when he was in his father's house. Lord have mercy. Jesus says if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how to behave thyself in the house of God, which is a church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Are y'all with me? Amen. And so when you see the prodigal son, just don't look at somebody leaving the house and going out into the world. That, that, that's artificial. It's all right, but that's not the depth of it. Amen. He left the hedge. Amen. He left the place of safety. He went out into the world. He was enticed by the things that are in the world. And so he left the place of safety as soon as he got out there. The devil had him. The devil had him. Now notice something here. In the hog pen, he would have died. Amen. Because he was outside the hedge. Are y'all with me? But remember, he was once in his father's house. He was once in the church. His father's house. In the church. Are y'all with me? And so the Bible says that in the hog pen, he came to himself. Lord have mercy. And he remembered his father's house. And so what did he do? He says, I'm going to go to my father and say, I have sinned. Right? And look at this. Here's how the story plays out because it's very practical for us. He's on his way back to his father's house. His father sees him a long way off. His father's looking for him. And he sees him coming. The father goes and he throws himself upon his neck and he, and he hugs him and kisses him. And, 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 and he says, you know, I've sinned against thee and against heaven. And, 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 he, and, and, and the father says, put a ring on his finger, put a cloak on him and, and shoes on his feet because this is what he left here with. Let me tell you something. That's about repentance and restoration. Amen. Are you with me? 
And so when the gospel, when the devil influenced humanity and humanity was cast out of the Garden of Eden, humanity is now susceptible to all the things that the devil has out there in the world, right? And God is saying, there's still a place of safety. There's still a place of peace. And it's called the church. And I put it out there. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. That's somebody where we, that's some place rather, where somebody should want to be. I want to be in a place where the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. You, you follow what I'm saying? Now there might be challenges in the world. Even Jesus had challenges. But one thing we do know, that Jesus never left the Lord. He becomes our example. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Back to Job. Job's, he's not the son of God. He's the creation of God. But yet he has shown himself to be faithful unto God. And he's done all the things that he was doing. And, 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 so, and so the devil says, you have this hedge around him. And, and then, and then when, when, when the devil comes before God and the hedge is around him, he says, if, if, you, if you remove the hedge, I'll make him curse you to your face. Here's what happens. God says, I'll remove the hedge. Lord have mercy. And remember earlier I said, be faithful unto death. God will give you a crown of life that fades not away because that is what we're looking at. We're looking at that crown of life, that peace and safety that is with God that comes through faith when the, uh, the, the, the grace of God that we have that brings us into this life of faith and it is through our, 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 our obedience to God coupled with faith and, and that grace and truth comes together and it merges together and in our life of continual obedience we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling so that we can one day be saved. So we have this issue where we're, we're working out our faith and we're struggling, uh, if you will, in working out our faith. And we have, we have, we have uh, a Job. And Job sees that the, the, the hedge is being removed because tragedy strikes. His wealth is depleted because bandits come in and kill his servants and take his And God says, you can take his wealth, but you can't take his life. Right? So the hedge is being removed. And stay with me. The hedge is being removed, and, 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 and the devil now can come in. But the devil couldn't do anything while the hedge was there. So God had to remove the hedge. So the devil can do what he would. The devil can try Job, test Job. And so, and some will say that the devil tests him, but it's actually God allowing Job to be tested. Those are two different things. So, stay with me. The devil's taking all of Job's possessions because, see, if Job's faith was in his possessions, then Job will have a problem. Are y'all with me? Possessions are material. Y'all don't hear me. Possessions come and possessions go. Amen. Stay with me now. It's going to be all right. Peace and safety. 
Salvation is in Christ. Our strength is in Christ. That is what helps us get through all the challenges of life. Because we have our faith in Christ Jesus. And so he takes his hands around it. And, and so he takes his possessions and his wealth. Maybe that's why Jesus says, what shall it profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, he makes it very clear that if you're trusting in your material things, if you're trusting in that which is of the flesh and that which is of material, and that goes away, then what do you do? So he shows this in Job's story. And now he doesn't stop there. What about those we love so much? Those loved ones that we love so much and we care so much about. Those we sons and daughters are killed. Amen. The servants come back to Job and say, uh, your sons and daughters have been killed. And imagine Job who had been giving sacrifices on the altar to keep the peace with God, the safety with God. But himself, his family, his servants, his friends, this is what Job was doing. Job was like, what is going on? What's happening? talking about, that covers our spirit, covers our soul, that protects us from the wilds of the devil. The word wild there comes from a Greek word that gives us the idea of strategists. See, the devil doesn't do things ad hoc. The devil has strategies. And he knows where the weak points are in your arm. And he'll test those weak spots in order to get you to fall and to succumb to his weakness. Amen. That's why you need to know what you love and who you love and why you love them. That's why the Bible says, if you will, uh, if you will, uh, he that loveth father and mother, brother and sister more than me is not worthy of me. What that means is, if that is where your confidence and your faith and your trust is, what happens when they die? Because death comes to all of us. So they take the picture of him losing. Job is distraught, but he's unbound. The devil comes back to God. See how the devil is? The devil has strategies. Okay, it wasn't his money. <laughs> it wasn't his loved ones. That didn't work. Maybe it's his health. So what does God do? God says, touch his flesh. escalates? Do you see this picture? What is farthest from you is your money. That's external. Your material things, that's external. 
Your kids get closer. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Because that's your flesh and blood. You see where the devil is going? He's coming closer. He's getting as close as he can. And finally, God gets him right in the room with Job. You can touch his body, but you can't take his life. So Job had boils. an illusion. How do you know this? In the book of Revelations, in the book of eschatology, the book of the last things, where John, if you will, is on the island of Patmos, John says to us, I'm your brother. In tribulation. And in the kingdom. Now you would ask yourself, why would he bring those two together? Because just because you're in the kingdom doesn't mean you're not going to go through tribulation. As a matter of fact, you should know by obeying the gospel, expect tribulation to come. Because the world is not going to leave you at peace. When John is being taken around and shown the beauty of heaven, and he comes to this, this, this altar and he sees the the, 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 those who are uh, 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 arrayed in white robes under the altar and the, and, the, and the angel says, do you know who they are? And John says, I don't know who they are. You know. And he says, these are they who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. But that's not all he says. They've come out. They've come out of much tribulation. In other words, when you are striving to live a life as a Christian, God's power in the gospel is about fortifying your soul, your spirit, so that you can go through tribulation. Not that tribulation will not come, but that you can go through it. 
you can overcome it. Are y'all with me? Peace and safety is about overcoming those things that can cause you to fall. So we find ourselves with Job, and, and, and so Job now, he touches his body, he touches his flesh, and, 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 but his life is still intact. His, his wife has said the, the, the things of the devil, the anathema, and, 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 and Job says his word, he says, you speak as a foolish woman. And let me tell you something, when he's talking about you speak as a foolish woman, he's letting her know what the, the words that she said are foolish. He's not mocking his wife. He's talking about the statement she made. And when anyone, if you will, feels that or gets to the point where they believe that the answer to their question or the answer to their concerns is to curse God and die, you're at the wrong end of this conversation. Amen. Matter of fact, when things are going wrong in your life, when the world is upside down, don't run from God, run to him. Amen. That's what Job did. Job went looking for God. Job said, I'm going to find out what's going on up in here. Right? Job is looking for God. Right? Trying to get an understanding and, 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 and get an awareness of what it is that was challenging his life because he thought he had peace and safety because he was in the body of Christ. Let me tell you something. We can become, if you're lulled into, into, into a, a thinking that because we become Christians that our lives are not going to be challenged. And if you do that, the devil has you because you're not exercising and using the armor you're not tempering it and strengthening it as the devil and the challenges of life come to you. Each time you're able to overcome those challenges, your armor becomes stronger, stronger, Amen. and stronger. Your faith matures and it's strengthened so that you can continue to overcome the wiles of the devil. Let me come to Romans 16, John 16 and, and, and start bringing this to a close. And so look. And so in John 16, as God, in the form of Christ, is speaking, he says here, and I'm going to start at verse number 23 for the sake of connection. He says him in, 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 to the disciples as he spoke to the disciples in John 16 and 23, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Truly, truly, I say unto you, whoso, whatsoever rather, ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Don't miss this point. He said, when you go to the Father, if you can't ask it by the authority of Christ, you ain't getting nothing. It is in Christ Jesus that we have the right and the authority and the power to pray. Without Christ in our lives, what are you praying about? You can't ask it in the name of Jesus. How do you know that? In Matthew 7 and 21, many shall come unto me then that day and say, Lord, Lord, have I not cast out devils in thy name? Have I done, not done many wonderful works? Have I not done this? Have I not done that? And Jesus says, depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity, for I never knew you. In order to go to the Father in prayer, Jesus needs to know you, and you need to know Jesus. John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the door. <laughs> you ain't coming to the Father without going through Jesus. Amen. 
door. Amen. When your prayer comes up through you, that makes its way through the spirit, it goes through Christ to get to the Father. Lord, have mercy. I'm, 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 in Acts chapter 5, verse number 32, God gives his spirit to all those that obey him. Is that not what the scripture say? So when you obey the gospel, when you obey the power of God, the Holy Spirit becomes the infrastructure that's put into your spiritual life so that you can even begin to want to pray. Lord have mercy. And when you get to that point where you have the Spirit of God, then you can begin to even have the, have the unction to pray. Lord have mercy. Right? And when I begin to pray, I'm not praying directly to the Father without going through Christ. Because in John chapter 16, the Bible says, The Spirit shall guide you into all truth, and he shall take of mine and give it unto you. And the reason why Jesus said, he said, I will, t- he will take of mine and I- he will give it unto you, is because whatever is of the Father is mine. And I will give it to the Spirit. And the Spirit will give it unto you. You see, the process is this, and it has not changed. When we pray, Romans chapter 8, we don't know how to pray or what we should be praying for. But when we do pray, the Spirit maketh intercessions for us. He maketh intercessions with who? The advocate. And who is the advocate? Christ. Lord have mercy. It is Christ who's our advocate. How do you know that? Because Galatians chapter 3 says there's only one advocate. Not two. One. And so when we make that prayer, and it goes to the Spirit, the Spirit goes through Christ, and then it gets to the Father. If you ask it in my name, that's what he says. In my name. In my name. The Father will hear you. Lord have mercy. And so when we look at this text and we see that Jesus makes it very clear. The authority is in my name. In verse 24. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Lord have mercy. Uh, Well, I wish I had time. Verse number 25. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. I shall show you the Father. Lord have mercy. You shall, you shall ask in my name. Verse number 26. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I, and, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, For the Father himself loveth you, because he hath loved me, and hath believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and and have come into the world again, and leave the world, and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speaketh thou plainly, and speaketh no proverb. Now are we sure that that, uh, thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee by this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, do you, do you now believe? 
Do you now believe? Do you remember the scripture? In Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, right? And is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You can't come to the Father without Christ. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Our faith is in Christ Jesus. Now you believe that I am he. Because if you don't believe that I am he, you're not going to ask in the name of Jesus. But you believe that he is the son of God. Maybe that's why when we talk about the plan of salvation and we say you confess Christ Jesus, it's because you acknowledge that you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. John would go on as I close. He says in verse number 32, behold, the hour cometh. Yea, now is, the yea is now come, that ye shall be scattered every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Jesus is not saying to them, everything is going to be perfect, and everything is going to be wonderful, and everything is going to be beautiful. He says, you're going to be scattered. In other words, you're going to be persecuted. Church, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to suffer many things. You're going to struggle. The, 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 the world is not going to leave the church alone. The, 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 the devil has made sure that the, 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 uh, the things that are, uh, that are uh, perpetuating in the world will continue to challenge the goodness that the church is putting out there because that is the devil's plan to hide the church Amen. with all the wickedness, with all the evil, with all the darkness. It's to hide the blessing that is in the church. And when you find the church and you and you and you see the and you hear the power of God and, and, and you begin to understand it, that is when the devil is threatened because he knows that once you get behind that hedge, he can't touch you. Doesn't mean you're not gonna suffer. But it means that you have that strength within you that can overcome the challenges of life. And I know this because Jesus ends with this as he speaks to the disciples. And remember, as he speaks to the disciples, he is speaking to us. He says to them, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Lord have mercy, that you might have peace. He didn't say you weren't going to have struggles. He said, but you can have some peace. Because in the midst of my struggles, when I have a relationship with God, I can be at peace. When my body is at its weakest point and sick with whatever it may be, I can be in pain and suffering, but I can be with the Lord and still have peace. I can be without resources and money. I can be homeless and destitute, but if I have God in my life, I can still have peace. I don't have to have any friends. Nobody has to hang out with me. You don't have to IM me, text message me, tweet me, or X me, or whatever it is that you do. But I can still have peace because I'm in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? So when your friends say, I don't want to hang out with you no more, just say what Jesus said. I was alone when I got here. I'll be alone when I leave here. But I got Christ in my life. I still have peace. You see, you got to get to the point where you know the devil's tactics, his stratagems. 
when you know that you have a relationship with God and that God can give you peace without any of those things, the devil knows that you have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus says, yet I was not alone, even though y'all were scattered abroad and all of you left me. Jesus said, I wasn't alone because the Father was still with me. Maybe that's why Jesus says. As he says, I have all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. God is always with us. Jesus is always with us. The Spirit is always with us. It doesn't matter what we're going through. Always remember that you can overcome this place because Jesus overcame this place. And Jesus ends with that same statement where as he says, verse number 33, these things I have spoken unto you that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, I love the way the master teacher helps us, right? Look, he, he doesn't mince words. He, 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 he lays it out there for you to consider, right? You will have tribulation. Jesus don't lie to you. You will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Why? Because he says, I have overcome the world. And in 1 John chapter 5, you'll find there what John says to us in his writings. Who is he? Who is he that has overcome the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is Christ. See, we can overcome the world too. So Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith
Snow 